Welcome back to Jeremiah Wonders, and thank you so much to everyone who's been subscribing to the new Stand Up on the Spot YouTube channel. We just dropped a new episode there last night with Mike Falzone, Jamar Neighbors, and Adam Ray. It's a good one. Check it out right after you check out this episode. And come see me on tour, why don't you? March 6th, I'm headlining the Hollywood Improv with Jesse Jetsky Johnson, Joel Jimenez, and myself. It's going to be a great time. And then Huntington Beach, the rec room, I'm going to be there March 11th. Then you can see some Stand Up on the Spot tapings on March 14th. I'm also going to be in Houston and Austin doing Stand Up on the Spot. Spot tapings and then come see me headline doing stand-up comedy in Kansas City, Las Vegas, as well as some other places as well. Tickets to JeremiahWatkins.com. But most importantly, March 21st on this YouTube channel, my new one-hour special, Daddy Premieres. March 21st, mark your calendars. It's going to be a fun one. All right, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. Now let's get into this awesome episode with my brother, Steve Rainazisi on Jeremiah Wonders. Swinging ham bones. Heavy bags. Jello pudding sacks. Fun filled adventures. <laughs> Scrumptious sallies. Mm, gotta get them. <laughs> get in there. Ooh. Land ahoy, no thank you. I'll go in the deep sea diving over here. I think that's a good sound check. They make me smile. They do. They always make me smile. Even ones that are on ladies that are older, they still put a smile on your face. You know she had a good time at some point, at and some she put point. a lot of smiles on people's faces. And maybe she has back problems now, but we're not concerned about that. Have you been to Ireland? <laughs> One time. Okay. Yeah. Not the best looking females, but but Babonga. Really? Yeah, <laughs> more than the like. It's almost on average to have small ones. Small there? ones there. Do you think it's to compensate? Yeah, for the, the haggard it's like, guys. Eyes down here. Yeah. Keep your eyes up off the shepherd's pie. And Raise part of London too. Part of London. Really? Yeah. Huh? Yes. I feel like. A lot of heavy-breasted women there as well. I just, I don't know if it's like a... Uh, if you're a heavy-breasted woman, leave a comment. <laughs> if you've got know. heavy globes, send them to me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't... I'm, prove it. I'll let you know whether or not they're big yeah, or not. Yeah, I want to see them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like the the police. Yeah, yeah. I got to make you sure. You got to investigate. You got to make sure that I need there's a, proper criteria yep. to file them properly. Is it real or not real? Has that ever been a factor for you? Um, No. Well, yeah, I, I do prefer like real. Natural. You almost yeah, said natural. I don't really right? even... I don't even yeah. actually like... The unnatural, but then again, there are they like I'm talking about the unnatural ones that are, look like remember from the '80s. There was like banga, like they oh, look like yeah, the. Yeah. Um, I saw a butt last night at the comedy store. Have you seen these fake butts? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Fake butts being like someone had a surgery or like an like, implant or like a one of those pants that like you know the ladies wear sometimes the spanks that ha that add in the jelly in the back. Th it would this had to have been fake. Really, it had to have been because. Every it bowed out so far outside of the hips where I was like, there's no way this is natural. Can I ask, can we break down ethnicity? Uh-huh. It was a black woman. Okay. But it was so unnatural. Like she like, For, she, like she was thick. Yeah. She was a thick girl. But but it was like she got an implant on top of being thick. Really? It was so it bowed out so I far. Guess, I guess you can get away with it because you think like no one's gonna like because you know no one's gonna question it. No one's gonna question that. Yeah, but she could have been a black girl that was born with a flatter butt. Yeah, that was like I need to work on this. Same thing with black guys. I'm sure like penal implants. I'm sure it happens on black think, guys. Once do you think in a it's while? more common for penal implants on black guys than white guys because they're like they're having to live up to the hype? I think the pressure's more for them. Yeah, they, they probably are like, damn, dude. Why was Damn. I not blessed? Yeah, especially yeah. like if you had like the body, if you had other physical attributes that would lend you like to believe that this is going to be a unit, mm -hmm. and then you just come up way short. Sure, part of the pun. If you're a super, if you're a super tall guy, and, and you have to, and you just got a little schmackle, yeah, a little thimble. Did you ever see that Brendan Fraser movie uh, where he is given wishes by the devil? 
No. By Elizabeth Hurley. He wishes to be like this this famous person, but what, like there's always a catch with every wish okay. that comes along. And he, he ends up becoming this seven foot six basketball NBA phenom. And uh, girls groupies come to the, the, to the, the, the changing room or the locker room. Why am I calling it changing? <laughs> changing Good grief. <laughs> Fellas, everybody pile into the changing room <laughs> and let here. us know how many items you have before you go in there. Okay. <laughs> Hang are, a number on the now, door. Are there 10 of you in here or <laughs> yeah. are there less? What's Easy going fellas. on? Easy fellas. One at a time. I call, uh, apparently I call locker rooms <laughs> yeah. changing rooms now, no problem. even though I played sports my entire life. That's okay. I had a big old brain fart. For but you. he pulls down his shorts and he has like no penis almost. It's like a micro penis. So, and all the girls start laughing at him oh. and and oh, he's man. like, no. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even think, I, uh, micro penis, not that I know, but I probably, they're like, there's not much they can do. Yeah. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Like, do you ever see, oh, like, if there's nothing to work there's with? nothing there, it's like, yeah. well, what are we going to add to it? Like, it's going to fall what off. What if they're like, we need, we're going to have to dig up one of my brothers. <laughs> <laughs> I need a skin graft. I need a transplant to extend. If you had micro dong, right? Yeah. And the option was there to get a like uh, like so God forbid uh, someone passes away in a tragic accident and they're an organ donor and right. they want to let go of their hog they had a hog, and well, you can have it as an organ donor you don't get to pick what you donate you don't it's just a blanket organ donor you're not like I'm just donating my eyes to science it's whatever you they whatever they can harvest from yes. you yeah. yes. Which, by the way, I heard is why you should never put that down in your license because I heard the paramedics won't bring you back to life. <laughs> that could be the 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 uh, the pessimistic There's East no Coast. Way that's real. That Dude, is I'm no just way. saying. I've heard it where it's like, I know a lot of my family members and friends are like, oh no, you can have my, but I'm never writing it on the license because I know they they'll look at it and they go, ah, well, let, let them. They won't try their hardest because it's like, well, look at this fresh, you know. Like you got eyes, we got a, a liver in there. Like you know. they're like, yeah, actually, uh, walk closer to that light. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Go they're, ahead. They're, they're go ahead. You. No, no, no. Hey, we're actually. We don't uh, even know what's over here. You go that way. Kind of low right now on a couple <laughs> things back in the hospital. I mean, guys, come on. <laughs> we could use a couple kneecaps. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. This guy's wallet. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean, I, that's just what I heard. But uh, wait, what were we talking about before that? I mean, oh, just, oh, you said, God forbid, if somebody was... Oh, oh, they would, ne like, I, they would, my relatives would never put it on their thing. But I, yeah. I would say if, if a person could have another person's penis, person, a man mm -hmm. could have another man's penis mm -hmm. put on that's like, and looks like yours, but yeah. it's just like a, would you do it? You might think about it. I would think about it. I think. If, if I was, if it was like, if I got it cut off in an accident or something like that? Yes. Or if it's even like micro dongish, where you're like, cut it off medically and slide this piece on. Is it like a twin thing where they're feeling what you feel like from beyond the grave or you have past memories? Like when you start having sex, you go back into like a flashback of like times that they had sex as well. You can't even control this penis. What? Okay. First couple days, it this comes back to life. Crazy, right? You're you're having sex with your girlfriend. She's like, "This is magical. It's all I've ever wanted." Yeah. And then two days later, you wake up and you're you're being dragged around the house. <gasps> you don't even know what is jostling you it's, around. It's putting itself into your hand at yep. inconvenient times because it wants you, to get pleasure. It's getting you into the car. Yeah. And it's just you're dry. It's making it's going you to drive the house down, to the, downtown yes, to the to the bucket of blood bar where you can just get a biker girl. And then you know you're driving. You have your hands on the wheel, but right. it just jerks you down and it just starts to manipulate. Get me going so that I'm ready to go when I get there. You're jerking. You're driving, and you're like, what, what, what's happening yeah. here? And two days later, you you're in a you're in a desert, and that thing's sucking water out of the the bottom of the cactus. <laughs> Who knows what happened? <laughs> this is like, uh, there's a movie called Idle Hands. Okay. There's an 80s movie that it was a hand that, like, a guy lost control of his hand. Yeah. This is like the porno version of that movie. It is. And it's fascinating. I, I mean, think people would be into it. People, first of all, if we're, if we're shot correctly, people will be into it. Okay? <laughs> if it's got the right people in it, right. a.k.a. pornography actors, uh -huh. they'll watch it. But if you make it funny, you could actually make it like a feature. Yeah. And people might actually be like, oh, this is a comedy. Right? Face off. Cock off. You know, like, exactly. Yes. 
Dude, can Nicolas Cage still be in this one? He would do it. He would. That's the best part. He would totally do it at this Just point. Just for the for the point of being like, I was in the star of Face Off and Cock Off, do and you, I was brilliant in both of them. Do you think that the that the line that he would, uh, that John Travolta would still do that line? I, like, I want to take. Oh, I could, dude. I mean, when do, can we start pitching this, Steve? I think we already have. Okay. Either that or we're going to get a serious copyright infringement bang from someone who's like, yeah, yeah. Uh, Cock Off was written in 1987 and uh, before <laughs> yeah. Face Off I'm was. I'm actually the screenplay writer yeah, of yeah. Cock Off and okay. I really don't it's appreciate. It's three billion hits. <laughs> I don't know. The, the Rotten Tomato meter is actually, the reviews are in and my screenplay is absolutely undeniable. Who, okay, the. The commenting on pornography videos, that, okay, I get that to a certain extent. Do you, though? Do, do, no, I don't. But I do more than the other thing. Sharing. The sharing. The share but, button? You know, like the little thing that's got like the, you know, the, the share symbol. It's like, like the, the arrow. Yeah, it's like, hey, man, like, hey, take this thing off somewhere here. else. Yeah. And, it, the, you know, what pops up, the Facebook, Instagram, yeah. mail, this and that. And you're like, yeah. what? wait a minute. Who's like watching that and like, dude. You know who would like this? Fucking Phil's got to see this. Phil's got to see this. Because his grandmother <laughs> likes to do that, I heard. So, you know, whatever, about that's, to me, I'm like, that's the line where I was like, oh, this has become well, a very I mean, dangerous it's thing. It's got to be, that share button has to be for text messages exclusively. There's no way that's being sent in an email or like maybe an Instagram DM or something like that, but there's no way it's being sent like it's not being it can't be shared on a facebook wall or like a twitter maybe well, well, yeah, on twitter I, mean, I guess like twitter's wide open now by the way th let me tell you something if they were smart mm. twitter instagram well they would allow it because they have five times more viewers on pornhub in these places than twitter and instagram do but do they lose their ads as soon as like oh, the i have people no idea about that but then I thought, who's the who's the person that's learning about Instagram or Facebook via porn? Has never heard of it. And they're like, they get this porn. You're like, all right, wait, wait, wait Instagram. What is this F with a circle? Are there on? other? Is this a new porn site I haven't heard about before? And they start scrolling around. They that. think that Pornhub is social media. Yeah, they're like, wait a minute. <laughs> like that's where they get all their news and stuff. Um, I did think about the sharing. Thing this though. new Ant Man movie is weird. It's very strange. <laughs> it's very odd. Um, we did share we growing up. Like if you had. I don't know. Did you ever have like a, a like a porn magazine or something like that that a couple people like that I, you shared because that was like I had a sharing food. I had I didn't share with anybody, but I had a binder. A binder. I had a binder. Of Wait a minute. <laughs> Hold on. Did you have to put the pictures into? You slid them into pages so what that it, were into those three clip things. Yeah. So I had a folder, like a big old binder and a folder that I would put things in there. Okay. And uh, I would clip them. It was never full on porn because I uh, you were, I grew up too religious where yeah. I was like, there's too much guilt associated with that. But I, I got to be able to explain this away. Right. Somehow or another. You're like, if yeah, it's yeah. not porn, yeah. I'm full, full blown nudity. Yeah. I feel like I can be like, look. Look, I was doing. Uh, this looks uh, weird, but here's yeah, what happened. Yeah, here's yeah. what actually happened. Yeah. I was uh, doing a vision board and you sure. know, whatever. So my sister would have her magazines back in the day. Like there were like these, like the pop star teen magazines and stuff like that and my brother had FHM and he had some of those other ones that were like stuff. way more risque oh really yeah like, where it's just like you know see through through yeah. the swimsuit and that kind of thing and I'd clip those out or tear the pages out and I had a binder it was oh, my man. jerk off binder you grew up in that FHM mag like we I was I'm before so I'm like I'm 46 now so I'll be like in that era of like we had Playboy or Hustler mm -hmm. find your dad stuff yeah right my and uncle then had stashes in his basement oh my I'd sometimes go down there and I'd see the stacks of Playboys and I'd be like I just have to like walk by it I'm like it's too much it's too much dude our friend uh, Kevin's dad Chet had so much in the basement and he was just so lazy and he would never come down there we were down there but he would just yell stay out of my stuff like just he 
Kevin, keep your kids out of my stuff. Like he was just, he knew, he didn't say what the stuff was. He didn't need to. Yeah. We didn't have to ask what the stuff yeah. was. You could tell by we the inflection in his voice. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So he had like three or four porn tapes and some magazines mm-hmm. and stuff that we'd all thumb through. So I guess that was our version of sharing it, which is kind of gross, but it's the only thing we had. Yeah. You know, like I, I don't, if, if, if well, I have a video, if I see something on the internet, right? I don't. I don't ever feel the need to be like. Well, he has to see. Like, right. If you stumble upon it, that's your. Like, everyone has their own journey at this point. Sure. So, Did you ever have a friend who would make a like a mixtape or anything like that? Yeah, like best me? of like montage. You would make the montages. I, I loved hard. Yeah. Yeah. So my move in like <laughs> fifth grade, I, I had a girlfriend, Heather Henrich. She broke up with me. I was devastated. So the two moves I pulled, I was, I mean, de- by devastated, I mean devastated, mm-hmm. Jeremiah, mm-hmm. on the floor of my bathroom crying, Belinda Carlisle circled And how in the old sand. are you when Fifth you're- Fifth grade, so my, <sighs> yeah, 10, 10 years yeah. old. Wow. And so, you know, just crying. And so uh, the next day I stole my mom's perfume that was already open, half a bottle, and I brought it to her and I was like, you must take me back, right? And so she was like, that's the weirdest thing that's, you know, as you would- did and it then, have one of those uh, those those squishy things that you tss, tss, no it was like, like the pump things oh yes with the little spritzer on the yeah. side yeah, yeah yeah with the little tss, tss, tss. yeah like the Reebok pump yes for, for, for yes, ladies yes yes yes, yes. my yeah. mom had one of those so you just it was get like the a right frilly amount. thing you don't like mess it up it was right. like for the women who are too oh how do I work these hands <laughs> oh so what are these like, things um, for you dainty ladies just um so that didn't work and then the next move of course. Is the mixtape? Yeah, the love mixtape mm-hmm. of all like the Chicago Farner, uh, you know um, what else? Like the the hard love songs. Um, see, yeah, I mean, I didn't get to listen to my own music growing up in the car. Like my mom listened to what did she, she commandeer the radio? Anne Murray, yeah. So okay. I listen to like Canadian sad music and like Gordon oh. Lightfoot, like. Dude, my dad loves Gordon Lightfoot. Yeah. So, and they were happy people, my parents, but it was just good. If you could read my mind, love, what a tale my thoughts would tell. It was going to be calming in the car. Sure. Because it was never calm and it was always at a boiling point. So if the music was calm, mm-hmm. and then even at that music, it would be if you got to a point where it was like, all right, where are we going? Where are we going? Turn the music down. It's like, it's Gordon Lightfoot. Is that really is that really what's you throwing off? us off the dynamic, or is it is it Dad's crazy Italian temper? My dad would get that way with any time we'd turn on a dome light in the car, he would flip out because you were to leave it on. Well, you, I guess we we're gonna yeah, leave it on. And drain the fucking battery. Drain the battery, on. and then as he's a like, I can't now, see. I can't dude, see. As a parent now, oh okay, driving the car. That makes sense. But as a parent now, as soon as you said that, I go, I would have fucking murdered you if you left that dome light on because I know. I, my dingback kids, like they leave a dome light on, they're checking something, and they never turn it off. And we all get out of the car, mm-hmm. and next thing you know, I go out, the battery's dead because battery's you left dead. the fucking dome light on. Yep, I've come home before from from sets and so- saw the dome light. The dome light, I've seen the doors, the back doors to my wife's car open, just open, open with a squirrel inside eating eating whatever remnants <laughs> were in the up, fucking are house. You serious? Yeah, yes, <laughs> yeah, dude. I live in the suburbs, so like yeah. it's wild. Like I wasn't fearing like we, they had been murdered. I was like, what? I knew it happened. These those two the idiots got out of the back and they just assumed somebody else was going to close the door. Yeah, both doors were just left open. They went in the house. Wow. And there's a, two squirrels in there eating the you know the the fries on the floor or whatever's left over. What did you say to those squirrels? Did you did you say something like <laughs> I, I <laughs> my move? You want to know my yeah, move? I want to know your move. I faked the snake, dude. Okay, here's my thought. Fake the snake, one of my favorite wrestlers. Yeah, yeah fake the snake. <laughs> Cousin of Jake the snake. Yeah, yeah. My thought is all animals fear snakes. Okay. okay. Because why? They're they're dangerous predators and they have no arms or legs. So and it's like, you know they're fucking vicious. It's hard to wrestle them. It's Not, nearly impossible. And if they could have venom. venom. So no one knows, even mm-hmm. animals. Yeah. So if I give a... Dude, this, by the way, has been a move I've used, and my wife laughs at me. Because this is, I fake the snake on anything, dude. Anything. Have you done this with other animals in the past? I tried to do it one time we were camping with a bear. (laughs) I thought I heard a bear. I go, that's got to be a bear. (laughs) And I tried to do the meanest snake. Yeah, 
It's yeah. scary. Dude, I'm, my heart rate right now is oh, dude, through, through the, roof. the roof. You don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> I could have venom. At any point. I could, some of them spray venom. With a, could you like a gleek. Gleeking. Yes. I was just about to ask you yeah. if you could gleek. If That's what the fucking snakes do. Yeah. They'll gleek venom at you. So what happened with the squirrel? It fucking, it ran away. Immediately? No, it finished up the fries. It was like, <laughs> what? <laughs> what are you, a, a fucking fat Flips snake? you off? <laughs> yeah, it's like <laughs> a little finger. Yeah, fuck you. Uh, what, what happened with the bear then? Oh, the bear. And there was no bear, dude. There was never, there was no bear. There was really never. I bought it. Never I was a threat in the of woods it. with you. <laughs> I bought it. never a threat of it. <laughs> right away. But it is my outdoor nature, like, scare. Like, that's my move. Yeah. Right away. Fake the snake. Fake the snake. Yeah. Hashtag fake the snake in the comments, guys. Yeah, please. You should use it. I might use that. Let me know if you fake the snake successfully. I, <laughs> I'm going to try to fake yeah. the snake with my son sometime to see what he does. I mean, look, by the way, I'm petrified of snakes. So that's probably why it works so effectively so on my I, own psyche. If I were to bring out a snake right now and, Dude, and I, try to put it on you, what would you do? Here's what in the in the second you just said that what my my mind doesn't work that fast, not as fast as it used to. I immediately thought, you've called my wife, you've found out my weakness, and this is an elaborate thing where something's going to pop out of here. And I truly, bro, will have a fucking heart attack and die on your show. Hashtag fake the snake. Hashtag Steve dies here. Um, hashtag Jeremiah Wonders. Um, but it is my fear. It is like, it's a non-negotiable, like. Well, you're also, you've got some, you've got some things with like your stomach too, right? You puke easy, right? Well, there's some stuff I'm, I don't like to... I, yeah, like... Because um, you've done... The reason why I ask, on yeah. your podcast, you guys have done some gnarly things on your podcast. Yeah. Um, on, like, Punch Drunk over the years and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. It's been, like, the... Here's the deal. I can deal with, like, we bleached Ari's butthole and that smell and stuff, and I got sick to my stomach that way. So it's, like, mostly fecal stuff. But, like, yeah. if I'm, like, we're chatting like this and then all of a sudden... Like, it'll be like, oh, we have a new video, and Teebs will pull up a video of, like, the most disgusting scat, porn, vomit stuff, and I just, I don't handle that stuff well, so yeah. I have, like, bad gag reflex when it comes to that, and they'll just, they won't, they'll be incessant with it, and it'll, it make, like, I'm not great with that stuff. I'm really yeah. not, like, I'm never meant to be a doctor or a hero or anyone <sighs> in a position where it's like, Dude, forget all the blood and guts. We've got to deal with this. Like, it's going to be real hard for me to put all that stuff aside. I'm yeah. not great with anything. Like, none of it, dude. My, I see you even like processing it right now. My mouth just, like, is think, getting a little. Well, here. My mouth. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers. My son backed up the toilet two days ago. And uh, we're now, staying at a friend's house. As a dad, mm -hmm. and me as a new dad. I've been pretty good over these last almost two years now of when there is um, poop, his poop and stuff like that, that I can yeah. kind of compartmentalize and shut off that part of my brain. But every once in a while, every once in a while, I just, it'll hit me out of nowhere where I'm like, I can't freaking you could even do, look at this. It's the, it's the difference between like with the baby to kid poop. And now yeah. my fourteen-year-old has, has human. Well, yeah, they're like mine. Yeah. So he goes, I backed it up, and I, I, we're staying at a friend's house, and they're oh. and they're they're out beautiful that they just built. <laughs> so I have to go ask them for a plunger. You know, that's a real nice thing to do. So they hand me like a little plunger, like a little like it's it's got a cup like this. So I'm like, and, <laughs> it looks you know, like a prop half plunger. Hour, more I was than... like, this isn't gonna work. I had to go walk to the hardware store to buy that big old black one with the coils. Oh no! And you know get in there and so my move is i hold a garbage pail with a bag in it and i'll do it right because you got to look once in a while to see if you're effectively getting a suction but i'll dry heave into the thing so it's so and the move then is right clean everything up the bag goes into that all the bag and then the garbage goes out mm. So I don't know if we've lost every listener now because of this. Because well, it might be as disgusting as other people as it is to me. You're a good dad if you uh, if he's 14 and you didn't have him figure it out. You know what, dude? I am not a good dad. I should have had him do that. 
I forget that he's fucking fourteen. If he was now. fourteen, like fourteen, like he just turned fourteen, like two weeks ago. I so would have been like, like. Here's the thing. I understand. This is what I would have done. Hmm. It wouldn't and, have been and, done right, dude. By the way, the shit water would have been slopped out everywhere. Oh, that's true. You know what I'm saying? It's like you got to think about. You, like, you want to give the lesson. I'm being judgmental. I'm sorry. I put myself in, in no, your no, shoes no. for a second. I'm like, I think it's I would have done this. Trust me. It's a hypothetical that's like, that's a hard one because you, if you're at a, a, a fancy friend's house and it's you don't want you know stuff sloshing around and stuff like that. Because who do you think is going to clean that up? My wife. <laughs> twist. <laughs> Plot Curveball. Twist. You didn't see that coming, did uh -uh. you? Uh no. I mean it wouldn't have been it would have been worse than like it would he would have been like, oh I fixed it, but only because he slopped all the water out of it, but the drain is still, you know, clogged. So Dude, I, ne next time you gotta break the snake. You gotta make sure that it goes down. Could you imagine if the plumber's like, you probably need to snake this thing out? And I'm like, all right, I got that. I just yeah, stand yeah. over the yeah. toilet. I'm like, <laughs> oh, not that? Okay, perfect. Mm. Oh, a different snake. Mm. Got it. Mm. My bad. Dude, uh, I love uh, that you're in town visiting. Mm -hmm. uh, when you were, uh, you recently moved to uh, the East Coast. Uh, I did. Back to the East Coast, yeah. Back to the East Coast. That's where I grew up. That's where you Island. grew up. Yeah. And um, I love uh, I loved having you stand up on the spot last night, dude. Oh, that was a blast. That was so freaking and fun. And I'm sure people have blown that smoke up your ass before because you've been doing the show a while. But it is so much fun because the freedom I was telling you on the way here, the freedom of being able to do that, which you don't get to do that often and having the audience be like down for it right away and being like, this is why they came. Right. You know, you want to try to do that stuff when you can on the road here and there, but the table's not really set for it out there. Sometimes people just want to like, they want, Hey, just give me the jokes. I don't really want to be a part of this thing. And I get that sometimes yeah. too, you know, but it is fun when people are like, oh, no, we want to be there. And, you know, they're not doing it like you set it up well. It's not like uh, the shittiest suggestions or the khakiest bullshit. It's like they, I try to cleanse that yeah, at you, the tops to make sure that like by the. Yep. Yeah. By the that time that out, the yeah. other comics are out yeah. on stage, they're just getting quality stuff. Yep. You know, obviously, that's what's kind of the curveballs of the shows. Every once in a while, you'll be like, oh, well, that was a horrible suggestion. But sometimes somebody makes gold out of it triggering something completely different. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, even when I was sitting there, you were on stage, a couple of the suggestions you got, I started thinking about things I would have said well, had I been done. up there. Yeah. And then one of them, I was like, oh, that would have been really great or whatever. And I'm like, I'll just think about that anyway as my yeah. own certain like thing, you know? Yeah. So it was perfect. Yeah. Um, And that's like, that's what I guess the story used to feel like a lot because we, number one, there wasn't really anyone in the audience. Sure. So it was less like, give me a suggestion and more like, I'm going to talk about whatever the fuck I feel like talking about, yeah. even randomly on my own. And I don't really care about how it goes because it doesn't really, you know, this isn't like something that is high stakes. Would you say that you were, uh, when you were working at the store back in the day, it was more like the inmates running the asylum kind of vibe? Oh, yes. Yeah. Dude, I went to pick up my check last night. The office... Looks like, like, like an NSA office, mm -hmm. like a like like someone that like you would check in at like a high end security office at a. They've cleaned it up so much. I mean, it's night and day difference from what it used to be. I want to tell a story, but I'm trying to. Well, I can tell it. I can tell it. <laughs> so <laughs> there used to be a manager. Well, a manager of the comedy store. You know Tommy, right? Of course. Right? The former talent coordinator. Yes, yeah. the former talent coordinator, yeah. right? Who had a lot of... Uh, opinions? Uh, opinions. <laughs> certainly about certain people and certain races, right? Uh-huh. So one night, um, we were closing up and... Uh, and the next, and the, oh, no, wait, hold on. There was, I got to work the next day and I go, how was everything last night closing up? Because I had left early. I was the door guy. He, he goes, not good. Not good at all. I go, what happened? He goes... Well, he goes, <laughs> Tony left the back door open to the office, right? And then the door out to the parking lot. And any come running in and just take all the money and run out. I go, I go, what? He goes, yeah, any crafty 
come right in here. I go, did you just, what the hell did you just say? And he goes, yeah, they're crafty. I go, <gasps> what? <laughs> I, I, I was like, are you kidding me right now? Are you like, and he's like, yeah. They left it right open to the door. And I'm like, oh my God. I'm like, I don't think that's the problem, Tommy. I don't think that's the problem at all. Do you know what he said to me one time? That was Let's hear it. Yeah, no, no. I was standing by the front box office booth and he goes, you know, guys like us, it's our time. Yep. Guys, and it go, always starts with I go, What do you what do you mean? He come goes, here, put let me put my arm around here. you. Come here. <laughs> come here, Whitey. He goes, You, Brent Biddlecombe, the blondes. It's our time. I'm Dude. like, what the yeah. frick? Yep. Insane. Yes. Absolute insanity. I know. And I was like, yeah, dude, you what you're you're yelling like that. So to my point, number one, the safety, what by the way, he was right. The door was wide open. Yeah. The money was right there. So Hinchcliffe left it open? No, Tony, the back bartender member oh, of gotcha. Boston Tony. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So he left the the bar open and then he brought forgot to bring the money to the so the door from the office was open that you can go straight Just out to the straight, parking lot. Yeah. Whatever, dude. There was no fucking money to steal anyway. Half of it was in Tommy's pocket anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I was just baffled by his openness. And so when you said did the inmates run the asylum, I'm like, very much so. Because that was like he sh shouted where I was like, I I'm looking over yeah, my shoulder like, is this, is it for any like, what? Yeah. This People is crazy. People checking in like, yeah, dude. like nobody's taking notes like on yeah. human, there's no HR there. But I, I guess to my point, Tommy would be happy now because you need like a hand pad key to get into the back, you know. There you go. To the office. So. See? Well, Don't, they, so they hated my words, okay? It's what I envisioned for the storm. Yeah. An artist colony. With whites. Who were the other door guys? Uh, and I'm sure you've covered this on some other podcasts, but some of the listeners uh, would probably love to hear some of the other guys that you're working with and stuff like that. When when you so when I the got store. there, the the head only the head door guy like mm -hmm. that was there five nights a week was Harris Pete. Okay. Which I don't know you've ever ever got to meet him. But I don't think I met Harris. No. I think he was in the documentary. I think he might have been in the documentary. Mm -hmm. I just saw a picture of him. You wouldn't even. I, Ari sent me a picture of him and he's like, who's that? Like, you know when someone sends you a picture and goes, who's that? You're like, oh, I'm supposed to know who that is and I have no fucking idea who that is? Yeah. He looks completely different now. He was a kind of heavier. He's kind of skinny now. He's got a long beard. But he was uh, he was the door guy there and he was one of the guys that got there in the like mid-70s and he became friends with uh, Letterman and Leno and sort of that was mm -hmm. his class and it was like one for all, all for one and then sure. they shot off and he continued to work there. So he was miserable um, was he one of the, the the demeanor of the guys who like all my friends are making it and like that kind of vibe? No, it wasn't like fuck those guys, uh, fuck them. It was just like um like not miserable like um like uh, I I didn't get my chance and this and that. It's like I didn't make it. That's that. But I'm not fucking this. I'm not happy. I'm not thrilled about it. Yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying. Like this yeah. isn't like I'm not here because for the love of the fucking game. Sure. It's like this is my poor choice, career choice. Mm. Here's where I am. And I'm going to try to make as much money out of the shit box as I possibly can. And there's no need to make friends. And there's no need to be nice to people. Nobody comes here anyway. I don't care if people come here. This means nothing like to me as a, you know, like a, a, it is his home. If it was nothing, he wouldn't have anywhere else to go. But like, I don't yeah. think he was, he thought of it like that. So yeah, which is, yeah, that's, that's good for business. So that it was, he was the, the main guy. And then everybody else was just like us, like comics trying to become mm -hmm. comics, you know? And so we took, you know, like it was we, my class for who were the door guys at? Ari was already working the the cover booth and the uh, and the phones, and he was helping Duncan. Duncan Trussell was the talent coordinator, mm -hmm. so his job was to talk to Mitzi every day. Um, but yeah, Rick Ramos, myself, Jason Lucas, um, Steve Simone was like sort of doing the door here and there. Um, and then the comics that we were like we were that just got past were Caparillo and Ernst and Sebastian. So they were like just getting spots. Yeah. Yeah. Just getting spots. Barely sure. getting spots. So yeah, we completely ran ran that place. Like we didn't even there were you know, we didn't have people to start the show at nine. You had to have three people to start the show, not two, three. 
Chris Mitzi, I'm like, two? Could we do two Mitz? No, a couple could leave, and then we have no one. Oh. I was like, all right, well, I guess. That's interesting way of thinking. I mean, it yeah. makes sense. And she was right, because sometimes a couple would come, right? They'd have a drink, sometimes two drinks, but we couldn't start the show, and they were like, we're going to leave. And then I have to fuck, fuck, you know? And you had to reset. Reset wait for and wait three for brand another new three. Ones. Yeah, so there were many days like that that we couldn't yeah. even start. So, like, what did you do with the time? We would fucking throw footballs around. We would go up to the roof and f- launch water balloons. We would, uh, you know, dice film the whole TV show, basically. Like, like I would be working the cover booth. And on, like, a Thursday, at some point, someone would come in. At some point, I need to do business. Yeah. And he'd send, like, Fat James over. He'd come over. Dice needs you right now. I, I go, what? He goes, hey, you, you, it's your scene. He's, you're, he's in, you're in the kitchen. Got to go right now. I'm like, dude, I'm, I got to, like, seat these people. He's like... And I would just hear, Tay, let's go. It's time. Put it down. And I'd have to run to the back. And what were these scenes? like? What, okay. What? Wheels told you another lie. Uh, like, it was like Kirby Enthusiasm. Yeah, yeah. Like and cur- then, so you'd be, you'd be thrown into it. and just- You're very upset. Your wife just called. She wants you to come home. Cause she said, you know, and cause she's wheels went over there earlier. Go, I'm like wheels. What are you doing? <laughs> I that was it. And Andrew would be laughing off the side, holding the camera. So what did he end up doing with all that footage? I mean, out. I'm talking hundreds of hours of footage that we shot there. That's why I went before I was asking, like, do you have to film? Like, do you have to get permission to film at right, the store? Like, right, right. I saw that sign last night. I was like, oh, that's that's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Because it was like permission to film. Yep. And then I think once Dice started, like in the late two thousands, then like they were like, oh, we can like we could do our own sort of show. Sure. And that's when like the mining the store thing kind of came about, which yeah. they kind of fucked it all up. But yeah, that was like on TBS or something, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw some clips of it and it was, yeah. Yeah, it was a real like it was like an reality show reality. of yeah, like, yeah. it was like below deck, right. but for fucking the comedy store, which is what it shouldn't have been. Yeah. It was terrible. But, you know, it was like everyone thought that was going to like blow up the store again. Sure. And it didn't. It didn't until Rogan came back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, we kind of. It was awesome because we could do what we were. We were definitely free to fail, and we did often. That's a luxury. That's a luxury. Yes. Sometimes when there are no eyes, even though it's frustrating, you're like, "There's nobody watching." But then you're like, "There's nobody watching," and yeah. then you just get a kind of. Yeah, that's what I love about the late night spots yes. at the store. Yeah, they really it's are pure still pure experimentation, and yep, you still never know who's going to come in. Even last night. I was scheduled. At, I had a great spot last night. I was scheduled to go on at ten forty-five. Leslie Jones popped in. Mm-hmm. Uh, she uh, went on before me, then brought me up, and then I brought up Stephen Fury, and then Fury brought up Dave Chappelle. Perfect. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's it's still got that. It's still got that. Like it, anybody could show up at any moment. Was ten? Is ten forty-five? What time's the last spot now? Eleven. The last spot's like eleven thirty or eleven forty-five. Okay, yeah, it is a little shorter. It, you, oh, yeah, dude, it, it used shorter. to go so late. It is a little shorter. I used to get scheduled. I used to get scheduled in the OR at like one fifteen. Oh yeah, yeah. They would schedule to like one forty-five. Yeah, I think Don would go on around one thirty or one forty-five. And the magic world that everything worked exactly on time and the show would end perfectly at two o'clock in the morning. I remember standing and watching the sun come up multiple times. In the store's parking lot. Yeah, because I just finished the Barris Kennedy Overdrive. <laughs> yeah, you know, like I just yeah. finished playing air drums with Don. Yeah, dude. Yeah, so yeah, yeah while you're on saxophone, open. it's crazy. Right. But that's that was like, you know, I think uh, part of that was going back to the inmates ran the asylum much yeah. more heavily then. There's like, no corporate. Richie worked like, there then, but like he didn't have, like we were like, fuck you, Richie. I know. It was definitely. I'm still a little bit like, what? Fuck you, Richie. <laughs> That's why with Tommy with me, I was like, I knew where the bodies were buried. Like Tom, Tommy controlled a lot of people's careers and stuff and yeah. gave people spots. But, you, but I was like, you dude, had... you, you can't tell me what I know a lot of shit about you. Right. right. You openly dropped the N-word in front of yeah. me, left and right. Yeah, yeah. Crafty ends. Which is a You're great right. fantasy yeah. football name. It's great. <laughs> um Proud Boys Fantasy I, I Football love, League presents the, I, the Crafty Ends. <laughs> No, it's uh, I it, love that he repeated crafty in crafty. that story. 
as if as if that was the only ones that could do it too the crafty ones i mean he was one of a kind dude wow he used to tuck his hair wow looked like tom petty wow all right my favorite part like he basically like it was like in his mind he had made like delia and whitney because he had already made caparillo like he felt like that was my hand doing and then well that was i remember i wasn't past yet back uh then when he used to give those double spots to uh to Caparillo, and yeah. people would be pissed Dude, he would give double spots in two rooms so uh this is how so in a typical lineup a new comic comes up every 15 minutes at the comedy store this old town coordinator liked this one comic so much he would give him two back-to-back 15-minute spots and the comics would just be infuriated yeah and not only would he do it but that would he would do it on, even on the friday and saturday the only two nights where both rooms happened to be open so he would do it to both rooms so he would have an hour of like basically he was taking three spots away yes for one person for one person not to mention he could have given to three other people paid them given them money yeah whatever the money was it's not great but it but also that's those are great nights for like those are the nights you're like there's people here i could actually see what's like it's fun to try and work and could be crazy and be, you know, but it's like sometimes you're like, I want to know how good I am. I want a lights out yes. performance. So those were the nights to do it. Yeah. And he fucking, that's, that was, a, that's what made people sort of like be like, this guy is sick. You know, we it, felt like Mitzi was the wizard and mm-hmm. he was like, you know, out there trying to trick us and yeah. stuff, you know. Not to mention just the flow of a show. If they're trained for 15, 15, 15, 15, and then a 30 comes, it changes the whole dynamic yeah. of the lineup because that next comic is like trying to scramble to reset Look, things. I'll be honest, but when I first got there, Charles Fleischer used to get back to back half hours in the, oh, in the OR, right? Charles Fleischer is the voice of, of Roger, Roger Rabbit. Rabbit. Now, to, to, to the credit, not anyone's credit, no one deserved the half hour spots, but he was really the only kind of name on the lineup, and especially in the original room, because the rest of the people were literally people that worked for Mitzi. Like, her hairdresser, La Mer, like who did her hair. Was a paid regular? Was a paid regular. La Boca. Like people that cleaned the, like that drove her around. Are there names on the wall? Yes, they're on the wall. Yeah. Like people that drove her around got spots. So like it was like it, he wasn't taking a spot away from someone who was like really needed it developing. Like yeah. she was giving out spots to crazy people. So it was like, well, at least he's a comic and this is when obviously she started to you know yes yeah like we're done like you'll notice if you go back and look at those old lineups they're in alphabetical order what yeah go back and look at them because the list was alphabetical order right the the, the avails list of right, every paid regular right, right, right. So, so she would just so do Duncan that. would literally take the list like day by day and go all right tuesday and he'd go all right look over we go ahmed ahmed yes aaron cater yes argus hamilton yes so it Aaron Cater nine o'clock all the nine fifteen not yeah and it went down uh, Beaumont Bacon then it would be, yeah literally that's infuriating yeah. now, if, if there was like a, a, if there was like a if uh, let's say fucking um, uh, what's his name came back um, Paul Rodriguez right right put him at ten thirty right mm-hmm. but then it would be right back to like. Or like Duncan would say like oh like because it would be like ten o'clock and she'd still be in like the seas yeah and he'd be like oh Paul Rodriguez called in for that all right make him ten thirty and then you'd be back to the fucking things again that's insane crazy so that's what it was and Steve Ranzisi is pretty low in the alphabet well thank God by the time I mean I didn't get past for like for what felt like forever yeah but yeah, how many times get, showcasing and stuff ooh, like that probably. T- 20, 20 official, I would say. Oh. 20 official, a couple non-sanctioned. And how, and how <laughs> often were you showcasing? Like well, between... in the beginning, I was like, oh, let me get up every time I can because I thought I was getting better and better. And I thought, but then I realized I was like, oh, I don't think I'm giving her what she's looking for yet. Yeah. She's looking for something different. Mm-hmm. Whatever that is, I think it was just me becoming more natural and comfortable sure. on stage with not having to do great every time. Mm-hmm. But whenever that, so and then it became a game, of course. And then it became a thing where, like one time, we went on the road open for Paulie, and she ended up showing up to Did check on you. Oh, so, so yeah, so we we uh, we none of no, me Ari and Steve Simone had not been passed. 
So, and we had all like at this point, like Ari and I were hosting the open mic on Sundays and Mondays. Like he would host Sunday and I would host Monday. Yeah. And it was like, that was like what most people wanted, like four hours of, of stand-up spots where of course. you could kind of control it. You were in charge. So like paid regulars were jealous of us, but we were like, we're not even fucking paid regulars. So we were like very upset. And so Paulie took us, he goes, hey, you guys want to come open for me at this casino in Indio? I think it was his sisters had a room in one of these casinos in Indio. Uh, and so we were like, yeah, sure. So we go down. He got us one hotel room, you know, for whatever. We'll split it. And so we get to the gig and we're all excited. There's a good crowd out there, right? So Simone was going to go and then uh, Ari was going to go and then I was going to go and then Paulie was going to go. Great. So Paulie goes, oh, great. Good news, guys. My mom's in the back. And we were like, what? He's like, yeah, bro. My mom's in the back. This is great. This is how Bobby got passed. And I go, what do you mean? And he tells us Bobby Lee opened for him in Vegas and Mitzi saw him and she fucking loved him and she passed him, right? So we were like, but I'm like, dude, I don't really know. Like, she kind of saw us like maybe two weeks ago. Like, I don't really, I wish you had told us. I wouldn't have said, like, that was the vibe all three of us had. Yeah. We were like very, very nervous. This, this went from being super fun and really exciting to like, fuck. Extremely stressful yes. right away. You know, Simone's like, fuck. He's walking around sweating. Ooh, I don't know, oh, buddy. I don't know. I don't know. I just got to move back to Philly and open a sandwich shop. <laughs> right? So he goes out, murders, right? Ari goes out, crushes, right? I go out, do great, right? Paulie goes out, great show. We're each coming off like, oh, like we, Simone came off, we're like, fuck, yes, yes, good job, yeah, dude. Yeah. Good fucking job. Yeah, All right. You did it. And then each one, Ari came off, I'm like, he's like, fuck, that, he's like, that felt good. I think I did it. I know, it's pretty good. Like, I came off, they were like, that was great. That, uh, uh, I mean, I don't know what, what we're going to do. So Paulie comes off, right? And he's like, all right, guys, we're hanging out in the back. And then Shelly, who was sort of a manager here at the time and was who brought Mitzi down, she comes backstage. She goes, hey, guys, uh, great show and everything. She's like, uh, Mitzi wants to see you guys. We were like, okay, great. We're like, we're like, this is it. Like, yeah. we're, we feel like Tommy and Goodfellas. We're going to get made. Yeah. Right? This is, we're going to get our fucking buttons. We'll be able to park. <laughs> mm hmm. We get some fucking respect. Name on the wall, spots Nobody every week. Nobody can shoot us in the head. Yeah. Right? We're with a crew now. So uh, we go to the back. She's in a booth, right? She's so she's in the like the what would be too much uncomfortable for someone to sit next to her on one side, right? Mm -hmm. And Paulie sits right on the edge here and doesn't move in, right? So we're kind of standing there, and she goes, "Sit down." So we're like, so we sat on the floor in front of her, right? Like li literally, like children. And I did not shouldn't say a word, right? So I stupidly, stupidly was like, so Mitz, what'd you think? Like, I was like, like almost like, like, how could you deny what you just saw? What you just saw. Killer fucking show, right? Who the fuck do you guys think you are opening on the road? Who said you guys were good enough to open on the road? And we were like, what? I was so stunned. I wanted to be like, fucking Pauly. Your, Your son. son that asked us to come here. He asked us to be here. Oh, we got you invited. guys think you're fucking hot shots? You're not hot shots. I didn't even make you. You couldn't even. You're not even belly room comics yet. Oh, and just fucking blistered us, dude. <sighs> Crushed us. Hearts bro. on the ground. On stomped. the ground, dude. Like bad. The biggest high to the biggest bro, low immediately. Immediately. Crushed us. All three of us gut wrenched. Right, get me out of here. Fucking left. Right, uh, we go back to the hotel room. Right, we were like, "What the fuck?" What? Like, we couldn't even wrap our heads around. We were like, "So, just like, fuck this." Like, were we set up? Yeah, like, I think it felt like, like, how the, what the fuck? How did we get here? And we just drove home. We were gonna like go out. Like, we had plans to like use the fifty dollars to go gamble and maybe right. get some like fucking buffet. We just drove in silence and and hatred back to the fucking L.A. And we didn't, we neither, no, no, not one of us got a spot for like three or four weeks. Not one of us. Just on the bench. Paulie didn't put in a word or anything? He, Paulie sat there just like, yo, bros. 
dude, sometimes it doesn't go great. You know, like sometimes you never know. Like, you know, my mom's like a thing. Like, it's got to be the time, bro. And if it's not the time, then it's like, what are you going to do, man? And so it's like, you know, just chill and like keep doing what you're doing. It's all good. I got some puss to get, so I got to run. But, you know, and you're like, what the fuck? Just twisting the blade over and over. Yeah, dude. It was like, yes. It was like going from winning the Super Bowl to literally being like, you're not even a fucking in the the league. Yeah. It was devastating. You're not even allowed to play rec right now. That was like probably 2005 or something like that. Somewhere around there. I feel like somewhere around there. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, we had individually each had successes already. Like, beyond, like, both in stand-up, like, already done a ton of commercials. I had done some TV stuff already. You know, like, we were all good comics. Not great comics, but good comics. Mm -hmm. Good enough to be able to continue to work in a more, you know. But it was just like, you know. That's heartbreaking. It was heartbreaking. But that's, like... I don't know. Like, that's literally why when that woman died, I was like, I had so many crazy feelings. And part of it was like, whatever, whatever the torture recipe, you know, that you came up with, you know, whatever the cake that was all made, all everyone sort of came out the right way. You know, Mm -hmm. I don't know if it had anything to do with that. But did that shape you in a positive? Can do you look back on that? And you're like, that was a moment that shaped me in a positive direction that like fueled you, do you think? Or do you think that it was? Like I, I think it I'm in a weird way. It, look, I, I don't know if it was like you're a paid regular now and I would have like been like, all right, well, now I just won't really care that more concentrate that much anymore. Yeah. It could have been like a thing where I'm like, well, I got that checked off the list. So I'm going to continue just to act On and to not really do thing. this thing. It was like, yeah, or or she might have been like, you know, that was sort of the time where it's like a lot of comics were super funny and looked really polished. You know, like I, yeah. I mean, I could name like some. There were like guys like Dane Cook and guys like that that were like super polished and like really like just they looked like pros. They looked like they just crushed every time. They were mm-hmm. almost like undefeatable. And I think there was something about that that bothered her. Whether it was because she didn't make that herself, mm. as far as like I'm just saying like with Dane and stuff, yeah, or it was like. It takes there's a recipe to get there that she doesn't think that those kind of guys did that she doesn't want to see me do to or something or something like that you know like you know Dice had that kind of persona where it was like I'm the best ever but it was like I think she saw the vulnerability of how long it took to get there and so she knew that it was that's who he was there was the genuine sort of that's he was going to be okay whereas like if you kind of rush it and kind of get that invulnerability feeling before you are have it then you just are sort of you're going to crumble at some point things aren't going to go your way does that make sense yeah tommy said that like because he tortured me for years of like dangling the carrot and he ended up never passing me i got passed through adam egot after tommy had left but uh he always told me (laughs) i mean (laughs) yeah after he got escorted out i know yeah did Ray um, Rice leave the NFL? Or was, you know, like, yeah. I guess I polited Hold, it up yes, a little bit. exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he always dangled that carrot yeah. in front of me uh, to the point where it was like, obviously so frustrating like it is for other comics. And even when I saw Tommy after, because I saw him, I did a show at a theater that he, like, he had somebody book for him where he was the opening guitar act in a little theater off Sunset Boulevard. I did one of the shows, I was like, I got to see this. Yeah. I haven't seen Tommy in a while. It was like six months or whatever after he got fired. Mm-hmm. And I went and he was playing guitar, opening the show. And he told me after the show, he's like, you know, you were next. I was always going to pass you. You were on the list. I was like, how much of this is real though? I don't know. I think it was to a certain extent. I'm sure extent, part of it is. Yeah. It was certain to extent. Yeah. I felt like I was getting close. Like he had told me whatever. But uh, he told me like that my my big breakthrough that he saw was when a late night set when I was so frustrated that I stopped doing act outs and I sat down on the stool and I was almost having a meltdown. He goes, "That's that's when I saw it." Yeah, yeah. That's when I saw the layers of you. Yes, I think Tommy fancied him like Mitzi to be like I. There's some sort of torture I have to put you through. Right. But I think Mitzi's sort of, I, I, I mean, I, I don't know if she knew what it was, but she had a better track record, let's just say, than he did sure. in, in trying this approach. Yeah. Um. And so, yeah, it was like, he forgets. Like, he forgot. I would have told him, like, like Mitzi tortured Cap for a while, mm. a long time. 
Mm-hmm. He didn't get he didn't get along with certain comics. She'd put them before him. They'd have to go back to back. Like there's oh, a way to like to make them introduce yes, the other kind comic. of yes introduce them to failure and hard times and a little bit of yeah. rather than just give them everything they want. Sure. Because yes, it's going to make them look like they're getting better and they're going to probably kill more. But along the way, are you preparing them for like when shit goes wrong? Because let me tell you, shit will go wrong. Oh, yeah. Shit goes wrong in everyone's career, in my career, Ari's career, everyone's career. Shit will some at some point not go your way. And if you just kind of can't deal with it or you go, I don't know what, what to do, then then it, you know maybe that's was the the lesson we all took out of it i don't yeah. know yeah you know yeah you want to you want to be made actually undefeatable rather than have the possibility of like or at least know that you're not undefeatable that no one is undefeatable yeah. that everybody's got a little bit of vulnerability it, but it's going to happen to you right and how are you going to deal with it yeah and are you going to be okay with being who you are on the other side sure you know if everything of killing and all the fucking bravado it defines who you are, then you it's going to be a problem because it's not always going to be there. Right. No one's ever going to be that thing. Well, you the can't whole stay. Time. You can't stay on top wherever you're at. You don't want in to. any career. It doesn't. It, it's it, some people make it look effortless. I feel like and but mm-hmm. it, it, they're, those are different. Like there are people that are just like born to be, you know, the absolute best in whatever field they're in. But like for the most part, it is hard to continue to do the thing you have to do to be the best you can do it. Mm-hmm. So you just have to find uh, a speed and a level that you are happy with that you can maintain and that makes you like, oh, I'm I'm con- I'm can content in this area i'm content with my personal life i'm content with who i am as a person i don't have to be everything all the time yeah and that's it that's who i can be you know i don't have to be the guy that just fucking kills every time on stage and is the number one thing i don't have to be away from my family all the time i could be different parts right the balance maybe dude did i just talk a lot you did but it it was actually very enjoy like i enjoyed it a lot edit that out (laughs) Can we, can we beep that out? Can we bleep that last part? Well, I got to bleep a couple things. <laughs> we do have some bleeps this episode. There are a couple bleeps this episode. This episode is brought to you by bleep.com. Mm-hmm. If you've said some stuff that you don't like, bleep.com is the place for you. Bleep it out. We'll bleep the out of it. Use promo code at bleep.com. That's bleep.com. And go your mother at bleep.com. Don't forget bleep.com the only true american website you bleep.com oh what i wouldn't give you ever sing you ever you ever i've come to Ivan wealthily in padua wow i did a little musical theater oh my goodness um i played sky masterson in guys and dolls why because much like Sinatra, that you just gotta sell the song on that. You really mm-hmm. don't have to. Luck be a lady tonight. You don't have to. You you don't have to Josh Grove. Luck be. You don't have to hit everything. Right. You can kind of fucking kind of just you know, sit sat, in the pocket with yeah. it. Yeah. You know, like fucking George Clooney could do that. George Clooney could play Sky Masterson and kind of, mm-hmm. even though he may not be able to sing, you're like, that's it. That's what I could do. Yeah. But I also have probably, oh, I didn't tell, yeah, I also have the, probably the best falsetto in the history of musical theater, or music at all. Really? You remain the light from the dark side of me. I mean, I believe and I think I love just a little bit of my heart. I believe it, I think I'll uh, that, 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 that. Yeah. Just a little bit of my heart. Oh, 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 I love the I mean. I mean. Hello. Hello. There are.
Christmas falsettos are the best place to be. final segment <clears throat> I'm gonna have to have you back for all the segments that I usually do <laughs> we haven't done any segments yet I know we haven't done any segments um I'll come back whenever you will have me dude absolutely and like I said I'm I'm in New York so if you ever like I need to stand up on the spot oh yeah bingo dude bingo bongo I'll come down there we'll riff it around down there I love going to New York comedy club and you know it's awesome so dude heck anytime, yeah anytime dude uh this final segment it's called Sax Talk. Oh. Sax Talk. I was uh, 16 years old, and I was with my first girlfriend, and we had just realized the wonderful art of lovemaking. We were in her basement, and... Uh, we had started the act of making out when she slipped a condom into my hand and said, please put this on. I stumbled around with it for a little bit, but I eventually got it on. And then I, uh, I asked her if it was okay. And I placed myself inside of her. But about 14 seconds later, I immediately orgasmed. And uh, while I was doing that, her twin brother came downstairs and walked in the door. And, uh, you know, happy from the orgasm, unhappy from the sight of her twin brother staring at me and her yelling. Uh, things got a little wild with yelling and screaming and uh, people saying, you know, this isn't what you think it is. But it was. So I pulled out, took the condom off, threw it away, explained to her brother, hey, I think uh, you should hear it, hear it from me first. I'm having sex with your sister. <laughs> and uh, believe it or not, we, uh, we made love three more times that day. So joke's on you, buddy. That was sax talk. Dude, I always knew what that story was missing. A little bit of sax. Mm. Mm. Sometimes sax just sells something. Dude, 
Sex sells all the time. Oh, yeah. Sex has never ruined anything for me. Nope. Just enhanced it. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm. Think about all the memories in your life. There could have been sex in some of those situations. Could have spruced it up a little bit. I was in a van on the way from the Bonnaroo Music Festival to the hotel with the cast of the league. We had just done a show with other artists in the band. It was a 12-person van. The guy in the front seat was very quiet. We asked him, what do you do? And he says, I am the guy who does... Yes. And we go prove it. He literally. Yep. Oh, and we fucking die, dude. So let me just that's a perfect scenario where Sax just made what was already a great time. How could this get better? Boom. Saxified. Saxified. And this episode has been Ranazizi. <laughs> dude. Thank you so much for coming on. Where can people find you? I know you're on tour right now. They yeah, go to so SteveRainIsEasy.com, Steve right? That's where all the tickets and all the, the places I'll be. Uh, uh, Denver next weekend. Long Island, I'm doing a benefit for my son's baseball team. I'm going to Virginia. I'm going to Philly. I'm going to, um, oh, I just did uh, Washington, D.C., the D.C. loft. So all the tickets are on SteveRainIsEasy.com. SteveRainIsEasy at SteveRainIsEasy on Instagram. Heck yeah, brother. Thank you, brother. Love you, man. Thank I you so much you for the Thank show. you. And look out for uh, Steve uh, in a few episodes now on Stand Up on the Spot. He yeah, crushes can't wait. It. Yeah. Yeah.